We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome into Candlestick Chronicles, a 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Kyle Madsen. I write about the 49ers over at NinersWire.com, part of the USA Today Sports Media Group. Joining me shortly is Chris Biederman. He covers the 49ers for the Sacramento Bee, fresh off a couple days in Tahoe. I'm sure we'll get to that at some point. But we're going to talk about expectations for the 49ers. Now that we've gotten to see Trey Lance in mandatory minicamp, we'll we'll set the expectations for the 49ers, but not set them in concrete. Just kind of more of a check-in than trying to make sweeping predictions about the entire season. But things have definitely changed, and we're going to talk about that. Let's go. Hey, this is George Kittle, and you're listening to Candlestick Chronicles. One of the big things this offseason has been Trey Lance's readiness and how ready he is or is not. And if all we're going to do with quarterbacks is base, I shouldn't say we, if all people are going to do with quarterbacks is evaluate them based on what they see in year one and decide whether they're ready or not, um, then almost no quarterback ever is is going to be considered ready going into year two. And I think that that's something we've talked about that a little bit with Trey Lance, but week five, you know, was he great? No, but was there some flashes? Were there some flashes? I, definitely. And I think there was notable improvement in that week 17 start against Houston. But again, he's not going to be the player by week one that he was in week 17. At least you'd hope not. If he is, then the Niners have a, have a pretty sizable problem on their hands. But Chris, you've been out at OTAs. You were out at mandatory mini camps. You've gotten to see Trey Lance in person. Is there a, and this is, this is kind of the biggest question. And again, we'll talk about this now. And we're going to talk about this. I mean, throughout training camp and into the preseason, how different he looks. Does he look improved? And I guess 
knowing what you knew about Trey Lance based on his, you know, 10 full quarters in his rookie year. And then what you've seen now is, is that improvement happening? Does he look more ready? Is that even something we can determine right now? Like where, where do you, where do you land on, on the Trey Lance thing? So the readiness conversation to your point, and it's a good one. It's based on the last thing we've seen. Right. So the last thing we've seen from Trey Lance was a start in Houston. It was a rough first half. He got a little bit more comfortable as the game went on. Um, you mentioned the Arizona game where it wasn't great. There were flashes. It's it's very clear Trey Lance is talented, right? We just don't know how good he is at playing the position of quarterback at a high level in the NFL. Right. What what's bothered me about the readiness conversation is it ignores the context of the entire process, right? Like when you draft a player. Like Niners drafted Drake Jackson, right? When you draft a player, he's not ready to go out of the box. You need right. you need to teach him your scheme. You need to teach him your fundamental your fundamentals, your core tenets of your defense. Like there's a process for starting with rookie minicamp to OTAs to mandatory OTAs for all these young players that go through a developmental process. Like it is a it is a day in and day out grind. And every day these, these guys are trying to get better. And you have to understand that players evolve constantly. One of the, one of the things Jim Harbaugh made this famous, made this saying famous and Kyle Shanahan says it all the time too. You're either getting worse or you're getting better. You're not getting the same. You're, you're never staying the same. Right. So Asking if Trey Lance is ready based on what happened last year against Arizona and Houston is ignoring that whole part of the process. Like Trey Lance is now more comfortable going into his second season. Trey Lance is now operating as the starting quarterback and getting all the starting reps during practice. Trey Lance has a better understanding of the scheme because he's been around longer. He's been in more meetings. He's more familiar with his teammates. He's more comfortable in his surroundings. Trey Lance is evolving. And so to ask, in March, is Trey Lance ready to win a Super Bowl or get the 49ers to contention, however you want to phrase it? It doesn't matter if he's ready in March because he has all, all these things, all these checkpoints to hit before the season starts. And then you say, okay, now he's playing football. Now we can judge what's actually happening on the field because I can tell you it's not going to look exactly the same as it did when he was a rookie, to your point. Um, so, Saying all that, I I do want to say that I think Trey Lance has gotten better. He's gotten appreciably better. He looks very comfortable. The Niners just in general, and I wrote about this for the B, like everybody's at ease. And there there are a lot of things that could potentially cause consternation with the 49ers right now. But overall, being there for, um, you know, three different practices now, the vibes are good. Like the Debo Samuel stuff, he was there. It wasn't super weird or awkward. Like the contract stuff is the contract stuff. And we don't know how, how that's necessarily going to shake out, but it wasn't like this big elephant in the room with Debo being on the field, right? Like he was there. He felt like he's part of the team. It's fine. The team is undergoing a transition at quarterback to Trey Lance and Kyle Shanahan isn't all that stressed about it. And that was made apparent by his decision to cancel the last mini camp practice on Thursday. 
And so just overall, the vibes are good. And watching Trey Lance practice, like, yeah, it's not going to be perfect every single rep. And there are still times where it's like, all right, he's got to work on that. He's got to work on his accuracy. He's got to work on maybe being a little bit um, more efficient with his movements, things like that. But just there isn't there isn't this level of concern um, from my vantage point coming from the 49ers that like, oh, God, we don't know if Trey Lance is going to be good or not. Like everybody seems very content with the process and how it's going. And, you know, Nick Bosa needs a contract. Debo Samuel needs a contract. Jimmy Garoppolo isn't traded yet. You're moving on to Trey Lance. Like, there are a lot of different factors that could be really stressful on an organization. And the 49ers do not seem overly stressed with any of these factors. Now, does that ultimately matter in June? Not necessarily, but I think it paints a picture of this team isn't freaking out about where it's at. And I think... Look, you can just look at the roster. It's a loaded roster. Special teams should be better. Obviously, special teams were a big factor last year. Um, f- and the, the special teams were a problem for, for most of last year, and with the exception of, I guess, the Packers game in the playoffs. Um, Charvarius Ward is a huge upgrade at cornerback. You get Drake Jackson. You potentially have more depth along the defensive line. Like, I think the 49ers are trending in a very positive direction right now based on being around the team um, throughout you know, this portion of their spring practices. That doesn't necessarily mean I think they're going to win 14 games or whatever, but they're not operating like a team that's panicking in any way over anything that's happening, even though they might have reason to be concerned over some of these things. Like Everybody seems very content and, and everybody, like I said, the vibes are good. That's, that's probably the easiest way to put it. And that's that's kind of the whole thing, and I've, I've I've wondered that throughout this process because there's, I don't I hesitate to even call them reports, but there's these, um, for lack of a better word, reports, but something less than a report from Emmanuel Ocho and from uh, the random offensive lineman that used to play for the Broncos, whose name I can't remember right now, Ryan Harris. Is that right? Doesn't matter. Potentially, uh, but all, maybe. Just, just, uh, who could forget? Um, <laughs> just, just all these different people coming out of the woodwork talking about how Trey Lance isn't ready, and there's the Niners are deeply concerned about Trey Lance, and that's why Jimmy Garoppolo is sticking around. Part of me wonders if all of that was just a matter of needing to fill time and not necessarily paying attention day in and day out and just looking from 30,000 feet and needing a segment on an NFL show. And the 49ers are a popular team and the Jimmy Garoppolo thing um, is nationally known. Uh, People, people across the nation have Jimmy Garoppolo takes Trey Lance is number three pick. Like it's juicy, right? Jimmy's in subway commercials. With like he guys, is guys way more accomplished than him. Yeah. Um, so I'm wondering if part of it was that, because like you said, there's, there's seemingly again, from 30,000 feet, the 49ers look like a mess. What's going on with Debo? Why Nick Bosa hasn't even like, if you're not like, look, let's, let's look at it this way. If you're not locked into the team and you're just scanning headlines, you see, Nick Bosa contract talks haven't even started. Debo Samuel wants to be traded. 
oh, he showed up to mini camp or showed up to mandatory mini camp, but didn't participate. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo still on the roster. Like this is you just see this and you assume like, oh, this is a disaster. What a terrible offseason. But to your point, there's what, seven, seven weeks or so until training camp starts mm-hmm. six, six and a half, seven weeks. There's a really strong chance that by the time training camp starts, Jimmy Garoppolo is no longer on the roster and Debo Samuel and Nick Bosa are both in attendance with fat new contracts and Trey Lance is the starter. And yeah. now they go into training camp and, and all of these storylines are now gone. <laughs> right, and, right. And, and we're going to sit here and I'm, we're going to sit here by August one and go, huh? Yeah. Like, remember, remember all that time we spent talking about all these things, <laughs> <laughs> right? Just, it's and, just may, and may, I mean, who, who knows our buddy, Nick Wagner, our favorite cast member says never say never. And maybe on August one, Jimmy Garoppolo is getting reps in training camp and Debo Samuel doesn't have a contract and they're still trying to hammer things out with Nick Bosa. Who knows? I would bet that's not going to be the case, but I, I just, I think that that's colored a lot of the, those storylines have colored so much of the, the conversation around the 49ers that it's, it's kind of tough to remember like, Oh, this is a team that went to the NFC championship game last year with a quarterback that I don't want to a mediocre quarterback, a middle of the road quarterback. They won despite their quarterback play. In my opinion at times. Yes. Yeah. Um, and, and now they're going to insert the number three overall pick into an offense run by one of the, foremost offensive minds in the NFL. If this exact same thing was happening in New England, there would be like Patriots are Super Bowl favorites. And I know they've earned that. Like they they have right. obviously Bill Belichick has an unbelievable track record, but it's just the situation. Like what the 49ers are doing and is plugging a number three overall pick who is crazy physically talented and presumably getting better into a team that was in the NFC championship game a year ago and a couple of plays away from being in the Super Bowl. Right. And I think that that, again, because of just kind of how crazy this offseason has been, I, I think that that's something that's kind of hard to, or easy to lose track of, I should say. If you think about it and then, and just thinking like, okay, let's, Let's assume Kyle Shanahan knows what he's doing. Let's give him a little bit of the benefit of doubt here and say, all right, the 49ers are either at minimum, the 49ers quarterback play is going to be a wash from what it was last year. Like year one of Trey Lance starting might have, you know, some ups and downs. It might be a little bit of a roller coaster um, as he gets experience, but let's say it's a wash and that Trey Lance physical gifts and Kyle Shanahan's, ability to dive deeper into the playbook and maybe push the ball downfield a little bit more than Jimmy Garoppolo makes up for some of those shortcomings that you're going to get from having a young quarterback who's still learning and growing. Mm -hmm. So say quarterbacks a wash, it it looks different, but ultimately the production is relatively the same, which I think is an important point. I want to pause real quick because it will almost certainly look different. And there will be things that Jimmy Garoppolo did that Trey Lance, Trey Lance cannot do, but also vice versa. Yeah. Go so ahead. sorry. No, I just wanted fine. to emphasize that. You you almost said Trey Lance with an English accent. Trey Lance. 
Um, so the defense should be better with Trevarius Ward, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Samson Abukam came on at the end of last year. Eric Armstead came on at the end of last year. If Drake Jackson offers them anything, then that's a huge plus. If Javon Kinlaw gives them anything, that's certainly not a negative over what they had along the interior of the defensive line last year. Um, the big question really to me, like I think just about everywhere on the roster, the Niners should be better. Um, the big question to me is the interior of the offensive line. And that's going to be that's going to be something we talk about a ton. But even still, with those potential questions, the Niners are loaded just about everywhere else. So we can talk about the interior of the offensive line being a weak point of the roster, but we know because we've seen it with Kyle Shanahan, you know, we did it without in 2019 in spurts without both of his starting tackles. Mm-hmm. Right. So if Kyle Shanahan can make an offense work with two backups at tackle, in my mind, I think he's probably smart enough to figure out a way to make the offense work without great options along the inside. And to be honest, like Jalen Moore might be better than Daniel Brunskill at right guard. Sure. We don't know about Aaron Banks, but he's a second round pick. So... Is Aaron Banks ready to start? <laughs> I don't know. Ask, ask me week one. Okay. Um, and center is obviously a, a big question mark, but the one benefit with Jake Brendel, who is the leader in the clubhouse to start, is he's been in the system and he was a guy giving Trey Lance all of his snaps last year. Mm. Um, so they're both ascending from backup roles to starters potentially. Um, so there's at least that. Like the chemistry thing won't necessarily be a problem. And and from what I've heard, like Brendel's assignment sound and like Trent Williams, I asked Trent Williams about it, and Brendel's like you know, like an extension of the coaching staff, more or less, according to Trent Williams. Um, so I, I just think if you factor in the, the idea that the quarterback position is a wash, the 49ers around the margins, particularly special teams, maybe the receiving core is going to be a lot better this year. Um, I think Ty Davis price, I mentioned it in, in the last pod we did on Tuesday is a big dude. And I think could could really help the 49ers out in short yarded situations, because I think that was an area that they've struggled in. Mm -hmm. Um, And Elijah Mitchell's good, but I don't think Elijah Mitchell's the ideal guy to have on third and one in the fourth quarter of a NFC championship game, for example. Right. Um, So like there are areas that the 49ers are going to be better around the margins. If the quarterback play is a wash, then we're talking about a team that got better after going to the NFC championship game last year. And that doesn't necessarily mean that I think they're going to go to the NFC championship game or the Super Bowl this year. But I do think if they get good health and Kyle Shanahan has a good play calling season and Trey Lance stays healthy. Like we could be looking at an 11 or 12 win team. Like, I don't think that's unreasonable at all. I know it's not a popular opinion because so many people like we mentioned you know, earlier with all the off-season storylines and stuff that might mm-hmm. paint a pretty pessimistic picture going into the season. The Niners are loaded. They still have a loaded roster. And now yeah. you're giving Kyle Shanahan perhaps the most physically gifted quarterback he's ever had. I don't think it's even close. Yeah. So, you know, and there's obviously more to playing quarterback than physical gifts, right? Like, but oh, yeah, the, the point here is, 
I, I do think after watching this team practice, like I think the 49ers are a real factor in the NFC at this. Yeah. Point. And it wouldn't surprise me if we come out of the preseason <clears throat> with those reports or those talking points or whatever the rumors that the Niners were unhappy with Trey Lance get flipped to the Niners are thrilled by what they saw with Trey Lance. And now all of a sudden the conversation that we're having now begins nationally. Right. And that's where I think a lot of this comes from is there's this notion that like, and maybe, maybe Lance isn't going to be good. That's that possibility is on the table, but I think there's this notion that like, oh, the 49ers have no chance to win anything with Trey Lance under center this year because look at what he looked like last year. And that's just, that's, that's, that doesn't track. Like that just doesn't, that's not how it, that's not how it goes. It just ignores the entire process, right? Because if everything were linear, it would like, think about it going the other way, right? Like Brandon Ayuk, nice rookie season high expectations going into year two. And we just assumed that Brandon Ayuk would be a really good player in year two because of just the linear way we think about football players sometimes. Mm-hmm. Well, Brandon Ayuk didn't practice all that well late in training camp. And Brandon Ayuk became a little disenchanted with the situation. And Kyle Shanahan became a little disenchanted with Brandon Ayuk at that point. And it led to Brandon Ayuk not living up to expectations because of mm-hmm. the process of practicing and doing all the day in and day out stuff you have to do to get better as a football player. We can't always assume that that's going to happen. And we can't always assume that it's, that it works the other way that Trey Lance isn't going to get better. Right? Like the mm-hmm. reason, the reason why the conversation about Trey Lance's readiness in the spring is dumb is because it just ignores all of the, all of the things that are coming. It, it ignores all the different ways Trey Lance could benefit or get worse from training camp and all these reps that he's going to get. But my point here is that after watching them practice, I think Trey Lance is benefiting. And I think ultimately once we get through training camp and Trey Lance hits all those checkpoints, like when week one comes, the 49ers are going to be a really tough team to beat because I think Trey Lance is going to evolve into a productive quarterback who Kyle Shanahan can do a bunch of unique things with that he couldn't do with Jimmy Garoppolo. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. 
From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I do think that, for me personally, there's going to be like an evolving expectation with Lance. I don't think y'all ever get to a point, regardless of how he looks in the preseason or whatever, or in training camp, that that I'll go into the year being like, the Niners are going to win 12 or 13 games. I just don't, I don't know if I'll, I'll get there because playing quarterback in the NFL in real games is hard. And there are just going to be things that he doesn't know yet and that he has to learn on the fly. Um, what throws can he and can he not make? Like what windows can he fit throws into? Like there's going to be some bad interceptions, like for sure. Like pencil in, I don't know how many, but pencil in some interceptions where we go, what? Like, what was he like? What What was that? What was he doing? Where was he throwing that? Um, there's going to be some times where defenses just kind of scheme for him and he doesn't know exactly how to react to it because he just hasn't seen it. But the bigger deal is, can they stay afloat kind of like we saw them do last year where they just hung around, hung around and then went on a little run. And that's where if they can be five and five through 10 games and Lance kind of hits his stride and starts to figure things out a little bit. And now they go five and two or six and one to close the year. Now you're looking at a team like last year that was rolling, going into the playoffs with a quarterback who is improving rather than a quarterback who's just kind of, all right, I hope he doesn't throw it into a linebacker's chest. Like that's, right. that's, that's where I think the expectation will change dramatically is like if, if that light bulb goes off for him at some point in the middle of the year and the Niners can just avoid disaster until then. Yeah. And I think one thing, because I think you're right, like there, there are going to be moments during the season that Trey Lance looks over his skis like I it mm-hmm. happens with every quarterback but I think what's really going to help him is the fact that like you know this is Kyle Shanahan's sixth sixth season here right mm-hmm. this is a lot of players you know fourth fifth sixth seasons with the 49ers and there is a institutional you know foundation of stuff that's here like it's not what's what so often leads to really struggling in the NFL is just a lack of cohesion, right? Like they're the, the re- one of the big reasons why Bill Belichick is so successful is because his system's been in place forever and he can lean on it and the players know what to expect. And a lot of players have been there for a while. The same with Mike Tomlin in Pittsburgh, like, you know, Pete Carroll in Seattle, like there is a certain value to everything being together for a long period of time to where you're not, constantly adjusting systems, coaching staffs, personnel, philosophies, whatever. When you're doing that, it's really hard to be good and maintain that over a long period of time. And that's why the 49ers sucked when they were when they had a new coach every year from 14 to 15 to 16 (laughs) to 17. Right. It's just a lack of continuity. So I think Trey Lance is stepping into an extremely stable system with a coach who's going to tailor made the game plan to his skill set, they're going to run the hell out of the ball. I keep saying it. Like, I think Trey Lance is going to be among the 
the bottom of the league in just attempts per game. I think ideally he will be. Yeah. I mean, if Trey, that, that, and that's the thing too, like it's a lot easier to minimize Trey Lance's mistakes when he's throwing 20 times a game and not 35. Right. And throwing in spots where it's, you know, second and three play action, play action on first and 10. Yeah. Yeah. That's so the like all these reasons are reasons why I would be optimistic about Trey Lance going into the season. That doesn't necessarily mean it's going to work out that way, but I think the 49ers are setting themselves up to be an ideal scenario, uh, ideal situation for a new car- quarterback to step into. Well, and that was the plan the whole time. Right. That's why they drafted Trey Lance last year, knowing that he wasn't going to play him, not going him, not playing last year was not a result of the team seeing him in, practice and going oof like no never mind it was pretty clear from the jump even though Kyle Shanahan never explicitly stated it that Jimmy Garoppolo is the starter I mean he did he did say that actually like in his first presser of the year like Jimmy Garoppolo is a starter and it's not going to be super easy to beat him out like they never intended for Trey Lance to beat him out last year and if he had they were they were open to it but it but yeah they they were open to Trey Lance being better than Jimmy Garoppolo and giving them a better chance to win and them going that direction. But ultimately, right. But just... that was not, that was not like the, that wasn't the plan. That right. They didn't draft an, Trey. an anomaly. Right. They didn't draft Trey and being like, okay, Trey's our starter now. And then at, to your point, the summer went on and they're like, Oh, we gotta, we gotta and, backtrack on our plan and go back to Jimmy. Like that wasn't how it went further to that point. We talked about it on this podcast. Other podcasts talked about it. It was a, once the season starts, they're like players don't get overtaken on the depth chart once the season starts. Like Not that just often. doesn't, unless it's an offensive lineman who's really struggling. So they pull him out and put somebody else in or a receiver or whatever that pretty rarely happens with a quarterback because the reps just aren't there in practice. Oh, right. Yeah. Definitely not with quarterback. Yeah. Like Trey, Trey, it wasn't like Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo were splitting reps in practice and Garoppolo was just continually better. Like it was once week one starts, like that's your quarterback the opportunity to win the job isn't there. So it's not like Lance had 18 weeks last year to, to try and beat out Jimmy Garoppolo couldn't. And now they're going to try it again. This year. That's just not, that's not how it went. And that's, I feel like that's kind of how it's gotten presented and it's warped a little bit. What the 49ers are dealing with going into the year. It only happens when Alex Smith gets a concussion. <laughs> Oof, tough, <laughs> tough. Uh, um, but, but no, even that right. was Kaepernick's second year. No, I know you're right. But so, yeah, I do think, and they do seem comfortable with the Jimmy Garoppolo dynamic. And I think one of the reasons why, which is, I think this is a good segue. The Deshaun Watson thing is getting uglier and uglier, and. I think at this point it would surprise zero people if Watson was suspended for an entire season. At least. At least. And that let's just say he suspended a season or 12 games or whatever, more than half of the year. The Browns are, be, are turning into a viable destination for a one-year starting quarterback rental. Mm-hmm. And it just so happens that the 49ers have the perfect one-year rental starting quarterback recovering from shoulder surgery who could be had right who's been in a Kevin Stefanski type offense yeah who's been who's been years. in a similar offense who um 
you know, we'll understand the fundamentals, the steps, the reads. Um, and very much like the 49ers, the Browns have a very good running game and could, I think, have a good enough roster to win at a pretty high level with competent quarterback play. Mm-hmm. And, so, and it's not going to be Baker, by the way. They're no, not. Baker's, Baker Baker's will out. never suit up for the Browns again. Yeah, that's barring something incredibly unforeseen. Um, never say never. Never say never. So I think ultimately the Browns need to be looked at as a serious destination possibility for Jimmy Garoppolo because of how ugly this Deshaun Watson thing is getting. And I think the NFL is going to have to react in a very substantial way to all of this stuff. Um, and, you know, there were two more accusers last week who filed suit. The Texans are now being named in lawsuits. Like, you know, there was a New York Times story alleging 66 victims or 66. I, I, don't, I, I shouldn't say victims, 66 people who were reached out to. He had, he had 66 different massage therapists in a 17 month span. Right. Again, not all of them were, were alleged victims. And there was. But right. They're, they're, the signs are pointing to this continuing to get uglier and uglier, which makes it less likely Watson plays much or at all in 2022. And then if you're the Browns and you're like, well, all it'll cost us is a fifth round pick. And, you know, we could get Jimmy Garoppolo and the 49ers will pick up some of the some of his salary or whatever. I'm, I'm wondering if. Then so what is it? Twenty five million for the acquiring team, and I think Baker's at eighteen right now. So I bet they would be willing to just exchange if the Niners eat seven million of that. Yeah, and they pay Garoppolo what they were going to pay Baker, and then they trade Baker to Carolina or Seattle. Seven to that's how I think this plays. Yeah, like I think the Niners probably are going to have to eat seven to ten million of Jimmy Garoppolo's salary. Um, they'll get a draft pick back. Um, maybe they attach a draft pick to, you know, offset whatever salary they might be on the hook for. Who knows? Right. It could be Jimmy Garoppolo and a sixth for a fifth or, you know, something like that. And then certain salary match, whatever you, the right. it's, NFL trades are complicated and it's not worth diving into exactly what the particulars are going to be, but um, I do think that the 49ers probably had an idea throughout this offseason that like, you know, as much as we talked and and everybody's talked about the 49ers, you know, not handling this correctly, like ultimately. If the Browns do become a viable trade option, then all the discussion that we've had since. March isn't really going to matter. Well, right. And it was I don't. <clears throat> I don't like aside from the Deshaun Watson, like that's a separate, that's a separate thing because it's obviously related to not, it's not football related. Um, but just going back to March and April, there, there was always a possibility that a team was going to have either an injury under center or Albert Breer brought up on the Pat McAfee show the other day that, he thinks that trade talks are going to ramp up with Baker and Jimmy after mini camps. Once the Seahawks have gotten to see what drew Locke and Geno Smith are working with and what Sam Darnold looks like in Bob McAdoo's offense and what Matt Corral looks like 
there in Carolina. Now that teams are kind of seeing what they have at the quarterback position, they're going to be more willing to bring on a veteran. And I think the Niners knew that was always going to be the case. There was always the potential for injury. And now this, the Deshaun Watson situation adds another team to the, to the mix. Like it was, yeah, I mean, the Niners, the Niners ultimately, what, whether they trade them or not, like they've done the right thing so far. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I know there's always, there until Garoppolo is gone, there's always going to be speculation like, oh, are the 49ers still thinking about maybe starting Garoppolo? Would they? I just, I know Kyle Shanahan said this week that, you know, he could see a scenario where Jimmy Garoppolo is practicing if he's not traded, but there's no, there, there's no point in bringing him in here to practice. That'd be wild. It would, it would undermine Trey Lance. It would potentially cause division in the locker room indirectly because I don't like, and you know, Jimmy Garoppolo isn't going to like recruit people to like take my side. Like that's not how it's going to work. It's just that there's an inherent awkwardness when you do something like that by allow by allowing Jimmy Garoppolo back in the building and giving him practice reps and stuff like that. He said goodbye to everybody. Right. Yeah. <laughs> the Niners. The Niners have every indication has been that Jimmy Garoppolo is not in their plans, but because he's on the roster and because they are trying to trade him, they're not going to talk about him in those terms. Right. Um. So there's always going to be that speculation, but I, I just when it comes down to it, I believe that there's that Jimmy Garoppolo, if he's on the roster, is not going to practice or is not going to be around the team until he is gone. Because at some point, (laughs) at some point, it just doesn't make any sense. And it would be, it would be so much unnecessary drama and discussion. And I know, but, and it's one of those situations where like, you know, NFL, NFL players and you know, and people in the NFL do a good job of of compartmentalizing what conversations don't matter inside the building at all, and what are just being had externally on radio mm-hmm. and Twitter and whatever. But this is one of those where it's like, not only would that be a crazy topic for fans and radio and everybody, but it would be a topic inside the building. It wouldn't be something that they could just ignore. Yeah, as and just that's, noise. That's... It's like it's not noise. It's like actually a problem in the building because you've done everything to say Trey Lance is a starter, and now it just to to throw Jimmy back in the mix there until you trade him. Just to me, just doesn't make any sense. Well, and, and that's J- why I think they'll tell him to stay away or they'll cut him right. if if need be. And J- Jimmy already handled this like better than any quarterback in history would have handled this last year and right and that's the other thing what motivation does he have right to come in like not come in double birds blazing like just bull in a china shop f this place there's a very real chance jimmy grew up that the niners would say hey jimmy we haven't traded you you got to come and jimmy's like why no i'm not going you go to hell like (laughs) (laughs) why why am i gonna come bust my ass and risk injury for you guys he would request his release moving on he would definitely request his release. He might. Yeah, he might. Like I I think he's I think he would if they can't trade him by early like 
He needs to catch on with the team before training camp if he wants any chance of being a starter somewhere this year. And it has why to would you be been, a backup for the 49ers? Right. And it has to have been communicated to him at this point that, like, hey, Jimmy, we love you and thanks for doing everything you've done for us, but there's no way in hell, no matter what happens, we're paying you $25 million this year. Right. D- yes. So, <laughs> so he like, can take a pay cut. He can take a pay cut to be a backup with the 49ers. Like, or, and that's the thing is, <laughs> the Niners at some point just have to rip the bandit off of the Lance and give it a go. They can't, they've, do, they dove in, they dove into the deep end now. Has there ever been a, a quarterback that has lost his job and like stayed with the team as a backup? No, not, not, not like this. Right. Now we're um, like, Hey, we drafted your replacement, but you're going to stick around and be the backup like that. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. And that's there, like, there that's like firing why. a head coach, but being like, Hey, do you want to stick around as the quarterback's coach? You mean like what the Kings did with Alvin Gentry? <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Actually. <laughs> do you see how insane that is? Yeah, because the Kings are the only ones doing it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yeah, man, um, it just doesn't like. So there's have you ever heard of system one and system two thinking? No. System one thinking is basically it's just like a direct connection. Like. It's just connecting A and B with no nuance, like linear thinking. Just yeah, system yeah. two thinking. I'm I'm doing a bad job of explaining this, but system two thinking is where you kind of look deeper and start to develop an answer and see like you know those like non-correlation correlations. Sure. Like talking about um, taking a holistic approach. Like yeah, like <laughs> baby diaper usage went up the same year that Top Gun came out. Ergo. Top Gun is the reason baby diaper usage went up. You know? Oh, so Top Gun is causing babies to yes. to poop. We can probably cut all of this because I'm doing a horrible job <laughs> of explaining it. But system one thinking tells you that, oh, Jimmy Garoppolo is still around. He was the starter last year. Like, he will be around and potentially be the starter this year. Right. But system two thinking requires what we were just talking about in, like, the nuance that goes into all of it. And when you start to look at it, when you start to zoom in even a little bit, it's like, Oh, that's an insane thing. That would be ludicrous if they did that. Right. That's where you start impacting winning by throwing a wrench into your locker room, strong locker room culture. Great. This is something that I don't know. Any locker room would be set to handle. And there's a reason stuff like this doesn't happen. Right. And if you're Jimmy Garoppolo too, like take aside, take take out the Deshaun Watson angle and you know how the Browns have handled all that and what they're basically signaling that they condone and all of those things. From a pure football perspective, from a pure football perspective and looking at the scheme and the talent on the roster, if you're Jimmy Garoppolo and you've decided that you don't want to come back to the 49ers because they've already moved on, you're probably looking at Cleveland as a pretty a pretty juicy scenario. Yes. Because at this point with it being summertime, it's not like starting jobs on a playoff caliber team with a really good roster. Those don't come around all that often. It's, there's one. 
Yeah. That's and the it, one. it looks like there would be one because, you know, the other one, Carolina, like, sure, it could be a starting job. They stink. They stink. And the coach could get fired. Like, if if their coach got fired midseason, no one would be surprised, right? No. So Matt Rule is going to be coaching like Texas A&M or something this time next year. Yeah, I mean, that wouldn't be surprising. Um, so, yeah, I think Cleveland has to be squarely on the radar of everyone when when thinking about what could happen with this Garoppolo thing, because it just it just makes sense. He has one year left on his contract. Cleveland's only going to need him potentially for one year. I mean, who knows? Maybe Deshaun Watson gets suspended for longer than a year. I I think it's probably just going to be a season, um, but I have no idea. It feels like that's the minimum based yeah. just on everything that's come out. Yeah. Yeah. So um, probably anyway. be more. Yeah. And if you're tight, if you're the 49ers, like you would obviously prefer to trade him to the AFC. Um, you'd prefer to send him to another part of the country. Yeah. And so Cleveland just checks a lot of boxes, I guess. It's a good day for it. <laughs> it's a good day to check boxes. It, it's always a good day to check boxes. Yeah, it sure is. You got anything else on this? I have nothing else on this. As of June 9th, how many games do you think the 49ers are going to win? This is rough draft pick. Right, right now, I think I'm overly optimistic and assuming good health, but um, Debo Samuel, Nick Bosa get contracts. Um, they stay relatively healthy. I'm going to say they go 11 and 6. Okay. Because I we'll think ask the again sometime be- during training camp. I think the defense is going to be really good, and I think they're going to be able to run the ball really well. Um, And I think the receiving core could potentially be, dare I say, the best that it's been since Kyle Shanahan got here. Yeah, that would track. I mean, you'd hope so with Debo Samuel being where he is and then Brandon Ayuk being a number one pick going into year three. And and Jennings being better, and I think... Ray Ray McLeod is probably the best fourth or fifth receiver that they've had. And yeah. who knows? I, I, you know, who you, you can never write, just assume like a third round pick is, is going to pop your one, but Danny Gray makes a ton of sense. Yeah. Like no yeah. one would be shocked if Danny Gray, given his skill set, pops in Kyle Shanahan's offense, even as a rookie. Sure. But yeah. the nice thing about the 49ers receiving core for them is that they don't necessarily need Danny Gray to pop right now. Right. Yeah. Um, it's not crazy. They went 10 and seven last year. If their defense is better and like, like we said, if they get. And Josh Norman isn't getting number one corner snaps and Drake mm. Kirkpatrick isn't very, very uh, playing very in fourth point. quarters of regular season games that count. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just think. Um, if, if they get replacement level quarterback play, like you can pencil in for nine or ten and if lance is a little bit better than that like 11 isn't outrageous at all we'll check back during training camp though see how he looks with pads on and with people moving around him and how he looks in preseason games it's gonna matter it all all matters it's all part of the process yeah either you're either getting better you're getting worse you're never staying the same path We're going to try and get better at this podcasting thing every day. Uh, Subscribe, rate, review if you have not. And we will talk to you guys next time.
Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.